We have the awesome opportunity today to really take on for the first time some listener mail. So uh, we got some feedback after one of our episodes a couple episodes ago on building your team from a team member in one of our churches out in the West in one of our Send cities and just said, hey, I'm a team member and I want to interact with what you guys have been saying about building a team. And he had some thoughts that he said, hey, if you guys want to interact on those, you want to talk about them, you want to see what's helpful and see how it applies to the network, uh, I would love to see that happen. Family. Multiplication, restoration. I'm Dahadi Lewis. Join me, Noah Odom and Hayden Radden, as we come to you from Atlanta, St. Louis, and Las Vegas, as we seek to add value to your church planning journey. We'll have real-time, authentic conversations that are relevant to the life of the church planner and pastor. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. The world tells us our differences should divide us. But the gospel, it has a different story. Our mission, our calling, His command, is a mission that unites every Christ follower in a way that stands out, a way that doesn't make sense to the world. Join us June 13th and 14th at SEND Conference to be refreshed and celebrate the church together on mission. A free event hosted by the International Mission Board and North American Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention. Learn more at SendConference.com. Welcome to another episode of the We Are Send Network podcast. My name is Noah Oldham, the lead pastor of August Gate Church in St. Louis, joined by Dahadi Lewis, the lead pastor of Blueprint in Atlanta, Georgia, and Hayden Ratner, the senior pastor of Walk Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Brothers, it's good to see you. What's up, man? Always good to see you, hear you. We Are Send Network podcast. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, guys, we have the awesome opportunity today to really take on for the first time some listener mail. So uh, we got some feedback after one of our episodes a couple episodes ago on building your team from a team member in one of our churches out in the West in one of our send cities and just said, hey, I'm a team member and I want to interact with what you guys have been saying about building a team. And he had some thoughts that he said, hey, if you guys want to interact on those, you want to talk about them, you want to see what's helpful and see how it applies to the network. Uh, I would love to see that happen. So I thought today we could take on uh, those questions, those comments, and that content and consider how it could be helpful for planters all across North America. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, let's run it. All right, let's do it. So uh, our friend here, he, he gave us really five points to consider. The first one he said is this. As a team member, he said, I'm not a church planter. God did not give me a vision to plant a church. He, he goes on to say that he feels like there's there can be some danger in saying that the whole team is planting the church or saying that everyone on the team is a church planter. He feels like it can lead to too many visions and too many leaders and not enough followers. He said, if I received a vision to plant a church, I should be go, I should go plant another church. But instead, church planters uh, can't expect their their teams to think like church planters or feel like church planters because they're not church planters. He used Moses and Aaron as an example of that. What do you think? Hmm. Agree or disagree? What, what's helpful? What, what do we want to what, what take from that? And how do we want to interact with that a little bit? Howdy, what do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, I would just basically start off with first saying, I think there are some helpful things in what he's saying, you know, but I think there's some things that I, I would say 
However, there's some other uniquenesses that I would like to add on to it. You know, yeah. um, you know, at our church, we basically say every one of our covenant members is either a co-vocational church planter or a co-vocational church planting team member. You know, and I think that's one of the things that you think about. The church is not like family, but re it really is family. When we think about like my family, like when my family goes in and does something, it's not just me alone. No, like this impacts all of us. And now, while I may have a different responsibility in establishing my family somewhere or setting up or going in or doing something, you know, but there's still, this is still a we thing. You know, and I think that, you know, I know every church planner that I know that would that would want people to embrace the holistic understanding of the vision. And so what he's talking about, the idea of a vision, I think it really is important. And in the book that I wrote, Among Wolves, I talked about, you know, um, there's a it's a both and I said that you got to understand God's, you know, story. You got to know your own personal story. The, the story, our stories, that's the story of the we, and then the story of your city. And I think where all of those stories come together is when you get kind of um, a vision from burden, you know, and I think that there's some uniquenesses for lead pastor, you know, to kind of press in or the, for the church planner. But I think the we, if, if this is a God-sized vision, there's always room for the we in that, and that for the we, for the we to take ownership of that vision. That's good. Yeah. How, what about you, man? How, what would you add to that? I think there's a lot of good content in what Dahadi shared. And I think, man, there's a whole lot of room when the when it comes to church planning where the answer can just be yes or both and. And I know sometimes yeah. those answers can be frustrating, but yeah, I think there's nuance in it. And what this brother team member is sharing, um, I think there's 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 truth in it. But I I'd also want to guard from the pendulum swing mentality where there's this almost like lack of ownership that could potentially creep up where it says, Hey, I'm not the lead church planner, so I'm not going to necessarily show up to everything or be early or own it at the same level. And we never want to make that an excuse for team members to not at the same time, give it their best. I'm an athlete, you know, I played basketball and, um, you know, I can only imagine how frustrating I would be if, though I might be the leader of the team, if I look over and I see my other teammates not giving it a hundred with me. And so, yeah, I do think that there's value in having a clear understanding of who the lead church planter and church planting couple is. They're the ones who are going to be there when the team members leave, right? Um, and I shouldn't say when; I should say if um, they're going to they're they're called to the city. And team members are called to follow their vision. I, I totally believe that there's value and truth in clarifying that. But I think the best church planners are the ones that don't say, I'm the lead visionary church planner, everybody follow me. But they're church planners that say, here's the vision God's given me, and I want you to run up in this vision too and help steward it, own it, pass it on, you know, lean, lean into it, adopt it as your own too. I think there's value in that. And, and I feel like Moses, he wanted Aaron to yeah. be a part of everything that he did. Right. He's like, yo, like let's, let's get Aaron in this mug, you know? And I think Jesus who models church planting and calling the disciples in a way, you know, you find Philip and Matthew and, and, and Peter, and you sit, you see these guys even saying, Hey, can I go get my brother? And Jesus says, get him. I want them on the team too. And so I, I do want to just say, Hey, there's, there's nuance in it. It's not a 
a, a, a full pendulum swing. I think there's a middle ground here that that everybody wins if you do it right. Noah, we'd we'll love to hear your thoughts. What's interesting go about what you're saying? Daddy. Well, we, well, what's interesting about what you're saying is is that when yeah. you have to like slam your fist down and say, "Hey, I am the person," I think this is when right. you know that you're probably not leading. I remember funny story. I mm. remember um, there was a time that my wife, and you know, this is not my best moment, but it was it was a time where I came and we were having one of those arguments, you know, and I was, you know, and I'm leading my family, and I was young and you know, tried to make sure I'm leading, and I remember slamming my fist on the ground on the thing says, "I am the master and ruler of this house," and I was just like, "Yeah." <laughs> That's probably not good. You know, I look back on it and I'm just saying like when you when you try to assert yourself in that way, you know, there's a lot of times when you're probably not really leading, you know, yeah. in that way. But I think, you know, but I but I agree 100 yeah, yeah. percent what you said. I just thought I was just over here in my mind thinking about that when, good you, word. when you when you mentioned that. Yeah, that's no, really good. Yeah, it's, no, good. it's anecdotal for me. But the the longest lasting members of our team, we have people that are in our church, uh, very few now that have been here for 11 plus years. They've been here since the very beginning. And one couple I think of uh, in specific is they've been with us from the very get go. And what they've always considered themselves is church planters, um, not not lead church planters. Um, they, they've never been on paid staff, anything like that. Um, he served as an elder for a season before stepping back out of that role, but you want to give some more time and focus to his extended family. Uh, but he would always explain, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the church planters at August gate because he caught the vision that we plant churches and that all of our team members to really be bought in, to be a member meant that's my vision. That's what we're, we're going to sacrifice for. We're going to give to, we're going to send toward. And so it's anecdotal. That's, I think we all got to, like you guys said, just like, it's a both end. We got to look at that and say, yeah, you may not be the lead planter, but I would love for you to see yourself as, uh, you know, the, the, in lowercase apostle, a sent one, as Jesus said, as the father has sent me. So I send you, I love all of my members to, to see that. Hey, the second thing he said, which I think is super helpful here, is he said, I am called to my church planter. I'm not called to be a church planter, nor am I expected or expecting to be on staff. Man, I love this attitude of, hey, being a part of the team, I'm not expecting a title. I'm not expecting a position. Uh, but what I, what I am, I do feel called to is to support this church planter, this church planting couple, speak to how you have experienced that and how that's been helpful uh, for you guys in your experience. Yeah, I'll kick it off. Um, one of the things that I, I really love that, I mean, and I think that's really going to what Hayden was saying earlier, you know, when you think about what's happening, um, when we planted, because we had about 40 people move from different parts of the country, move to Atlanta to start Blueprint Church. And when we did that, we literally sent out like a, it wasn't an MOU, but it was like an MOU where we literally would go through each one. It's like, hey, even though I'm moving here, I'm not expecting that I will be on staff. Hey, when I'm moving here, it's going to be hard. Like, And like we would have like different statements. It was about 15 or 20 statements that we sent out, you know, just to clarify how hard it was going to be you know, and plants in the church or don't come with expectations, come to support the vision, come even though everything that you want to be done is not going to happen. You know, and we made them initial, every single one of them as they were going down the list. And, and I think it was that it was, and, you know, and one of them was one of the things that um, the, the, the emailer basically said, he was just like, hey, I am here to support the vision. It's not just simply only support me 
as the, the church planner, but it's to support God's vision as he has given that to the leaders and the leadership of the of the church. And so I, I'm, I'm all for that. And I think it's 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 wise to understand that, because what, what you find, especially in early church plants, is that people will come you know, the earliest, a lot of times the early adopters to come and get what they want, what they imagine a church needs to be, you know, and they're going to, and sometimes they will try to hijack the vision, you know, and if, if we're not careful as church planners, we'll find ourselves um, running somebody else's vision if we allow every person to hijack our, hijack the vision God has given us. That's good. Yeah, good word. No, that's helpful to, to consider. And, you know, I, I think one when you're talking about that to it reminds me of a quote I recently heard to be clear is to be kind. And when we're clear with expectation, when we're clear with how this thing is working, especially when people are moving their lives to be a part of church planning teams or leaving their sending church, which they love, but they feel called to mission and to, to support um, and to be in the game. I think to be clear is to be kind. It's to be helpful. It's helpful for a team member to just say, hey, tell me my role so I can do it the best. And yeah, we don't want too many cooks in the kitchen. And and that could create some tension. And, I, and I'm sure it has for different planters that are leaning in and listening. And so I love how you're doing that, Dahadi. That could actually probably be a good resource that maybe we could put on our Send Network website that other planters might want to look at at some point as they're planting. Um, yeah, I just come into agreement with, with that. No, I think that there's value yeah. in team members saying, Hey, look, I'm not the lead church planter, but Oh, I'm in the game and I'm getting buckets. And I'd love to invite yes. you to come with me yeah. and to sit yeah. with me. And I want to take you to lunch. I've found that there's at times, you know, that, that becomes a scapegoat for team members. I, I'm not necessarily the lead church planner. So let me introduce you to him. And I'm thinking as the lead church planner, man, I would love for you to own it, you know, lead this person and let's do it together. So yeah. again, there's some both and in that. Yeah. Yeah. What, what I love, I feel like I've seen this last generation of church planting. There's been a resurgence in these days of people excited about the scriptures, yeah. like digging in deep and it's wanting cool. their leadership to, to reflect the Bible and not necessarily secular leadership structures, and, but not everybody's doing that. So I love about to the point that he's making here is that in a team structure, in a biblical team structure, you are going to have that that those leaders who are visionaries who are leading out, but all those other giftings don't have to be on staff. They don't have to have an official title, but they're necessary for the church to be equipping the saints for the work of ministry and becoming mature in the Lord. And, and so we call that at our church, missional ecclesiology. And so it's it's ecclesiology that's based around and functions for the mission of the New Testament church, not borrowed from Google or Apple or some successful business out there and say, okay, I'll be the CEO and y'all serve in these other roles like an organization might, but as the church was designed to do. Oh, I love that point. Hey, here's one I think that we're all we're all gonna really, really uh, love and be able to speak speak into. He says, I, I do not expect my planter to have it all together. I let him actively know that, not to rebuke or ridicule, but so he has a place to ask for genuine help. So would love for you guys' interaction on this. Why is this important that planters understand that their team doesn't need them to have it all together, but to instead look to their team as a place to be known, to be loved, to be cared for, and be helped? 
How have you seen that play out? Hi, let's start with you, man. How, how has that helpful? How has that been helpful for you? Yeah, I, I can't think of too many things that are more stressful, high pressure, keep you up at night than planting a church, especially in a tough context. Um, especially like a, a an unchurched context where it's just hard to get off the ground. We don't need extra headaches from team members <laughs> and extra expectation to perform amongst team members. We want our team members to be a refuge, a safe place, as this person has alluded to in, in the email. So I just, I love that heart. Um, you know, again, we don't want a pendulum swing. Just, hey, let the lead church planner while out, do whatever in the name of hard ministry. Um, but at the same time, team members being able to hold their lead church planners arms up. Uh, one of my great memories is when we had some some rough patches regarding team members early on in our church plant. And we had a team member initiate a meeting with me and he said, hey, look, I just want you to know. I'm an armor bearer. Find me in first Samuel rocking mm. with David. I'm here to be an armor bearer and call me out. If you don't sense that from me, I want to give you that permission. Let's have that type of relationship. And, you know, at the time I was like, man, let me go ahead and find these armor bearers. I got to look that up, you know, and just got to see the value of those <laughs> mighty men, right? Those armor bearers, found throughout the Old Testament yeah. and how we can even take some of those principles and and, and apply them today. That, that, that's been helpful for our church plant. And I'm sure you guys can speak to it as well. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, well, basically what I say, honestly, Noah, when I hear that question, um, and part of it is based upon my own experience, it brings me both joy and fear. You know, and I'm yeah. going to start with the fear. The reason why it's um, the fear is because sometimes people you know, want the pastors to become like to overly like throw up and overly be like, hey, like, like show all your kinks, show all your flaws. And they basically use it a lot of times to weaponize, wow. you know, and, and kind of go into the idea that nobody's perfect and God understands. So it, it's a sense of being able to justify your own sin, their own sins. Like, hey, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. You know, like we're all not perfect. And we just kind of like, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. So I do think there's some fear in that, you know, and I, I'm, but I'm, I don't think that that's his heart. And, you know, I don't know the brother, but, uh, you know, but the joy that I bring is, is that I really do believe that authenticity is the apologetic of our day. And I think that, you know, in the, you know, in a, a given deference and saying like, hey, this is something he genuinely once because he want authentic relationships is that what people want to know is that like you you're real right people are not looking for perfect pastors they're looking for pastors who know how to struggle well because the bottom line is is that we're all struggling right 2020 2021 has said nothing but struggle right and you know and the reality is is that god yeah. called his people yeah. he named his people struggle you know israel is named struggle like, and, you know, and so God understands that we are wow. called to struggle, but our problem is that oftentimes we try to get out of the struggle. You know, what the Bible says in James chapter one, he says, no, count it joy when you fall into various struggles, various trials, knowing that God is trying to do something. And so I just really think that in, in a genuine and authentic way, I think it's really important for pastors and leaders to allow the people to see themselves struggle. 
you know, and to be vulnerable and understand them how they're doing that. But on the flip side, you, we can't you weaponize that for anybody just to right. kind of do whatever they want to do or to kind of like hold it over the pastor because there's there's not everybody's not looking out for the best interests of the pastors and leaders. It's real. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'd say to the to the church planters, to the lead pastors that are listening, I think what a good word from a team member saying, he even says this in his email, pastors are allowed to have bad days and need to lead by example on how to have a bad day, seeking counsel and encouragement and healing from their team. And what I would say to team members is make sure that you set the example of what it looks like to receive that bad day and to respond biblically and in a helpful way. Because I know a lot of pastors, like you said, Dahadi, people have weaponized that and they've used it against them later. And they've used yeah. it as a, as a reason to say that you shouldn't be in this role or we shouldn't follow you. And so, and it's that, that dance and that balance. But I think what we're, we're figuring out in all of this is that team members have a perspective that we as lead planters don't always see. And so what I think will be really encouraging is you as a lead planter, after you hear this episode, go sit down with your team and go have a conversation and say, Hey, I, I want us to I want us to to be a closer team. I want us to work together for the common vision. I remember brothers a couple of years ago, I was always gun shy to lead too strong. You guys have probably seen it. We've seen a number of pastors and planters that have lost their ministry because they they led too domineering and eventually got removed. Mm -hmm. And I was afraid to do that. And so I wasn't leading my team very strong. And they came to me and said, Noah, lead us. You're the lead pastor. Tell us where we're going. And because I was always like, well, where do you guys think? And make sure that we're all on the same page. And it filled me with courage to say, God has given me a role. He's given all of you a role. And only when we're all fulfilling those roles, are we going to be executing the way God wants us to. Uh, so guys, I'm, I'm encouraged yeah. by this. There's so much more we could talk yeah. about, about it, but, but Hey, it's, uh, it's time for Let us to go. Say this one I want to encourage our listeners. One thing yeah, right man, before. One thing I just want to say, I think what we're all saying and what I love about this caller or this emailer that, that came in is that as lead pastors and team members, everybody has to have a place where they both belong and matter. Yeah. And I think that that That's is right. critical because yeah. this is a we thing. God has equipped the we to present, yeah. you know, for his glory. Dahadi, I know we're going to wrap up here in just a minute, but when you guys were both sharing it, it brought this memory to mind of this past NBA season in the bubble and um, the Lakers were making this, um, this, this run toward the chip and um, the game that, that sent the Lakers into the finals was just really a, it was a big moment for LeBron and they won the, they won the Western conference finals mm -hmm. and was just really neat to see. I think it was Doris Burke of ESPN who like came up with the microphone in distant, and just said, LeBron, you hit this fadeaway shot, had a great game. You've been working hard in this adversity. There's all types of different things on your mind, uh, socially, basketball-wise, et cetera. Talk to us about it right after the game. And it was just so powerful. LeBron goes, you know, I want to just give a shout-out to the ankle tapers. I want to give a shout-out to the people that served 5,000 meals on this bubble. Like, we all ate today. Wow. We got great trainers. We got great people in the Lakers organization. I want to give a shout out to the people running the clock right now. Like everybody worked together to pull this night off and we're going to the finals. And you can see like that's he was thinking about his team. And I could just imagine any not let, let alone his teammates. Uh, 
um, I can imagine everybody in the organization, the Lakers organization felt like we're going to the finals too. And, you know, church planters, team members, what Dahadi said is so key. Everybody matters. Everybody counts. See your role as a big deal and be a star in it. And, and yeah, God will, God will do, he'll do his part. Amen. Hey, well, thank you for joining us for another episode of the We Are Send Network podcast. As always, if you want to know more about church planting with the Send Network, you can check us out at sendnetwork.com or just text the words Send Network to 888-123. That's text Send Network to 888-123. And until next time, We Are Send Network. You have been listening to We Are Send Network, a resource of the North American Mission Movement. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.